Welcome to BitCast on Podcast One, the video game podcast with the Axeman. Welcome back to the show. It is time we finally talked about Cuphead, an episode I've wanted to do since May of last year, but we kept putting it off. I kept wanting to do it with my brother here. Say hi. Hello. And we instead kept talking about Metal Gear and Dead Rising and Ocarina of Time and all that stuff and the Piranha Plant. So now we're here to talk about Cuphead at long last. You are a big fan of Cuphead, aren't you, Anthony? I sure am. It's a really well put together game. The art direction, the music, etc. It's all great. Yeah, I even noticed that you've indulged yourself in some cuphead merchandise indeed i have a couple of t-shirts a pair of socks i almost bought a wallet and several pops you know cuphead socks it, it really says something about your love of cuphead is like you know what i love cuphead so much that i want to put it on my feet and then hide half of it behind my shoe does it change anything if they're actually mugman socks <laughs> of course yes <laughs> oh never mind you're not a cuphead fan <laughs> Only real Cuphead fans. But... What kind of beta wears Mugman socks? <laughs> socks always are kind of the weirdest of all the decorative pieces of clothing, I always thought. They're kind of like a Easter egg for people that get to see you without your shoes? Yeah! Or if you wear shorts, I guess. Yeah, but socks and shorts, that's a very... Uh... A subject best approached very carefully. I don't even know where you're going with this, but we're getting off track All anyway. Right. So, Cuphead. I have not actually played Cuphead because I am what's called a fake gamer. <laughs> but you have actually played Cuphead. I did, and I streamed uh, like five minutes of it once. Oh yeah, I actually tuned into that. After I bugged you about it? Yeah, you, you told me to go watch you on Mixer for some reason. Some really obscure, built into the Xbox streaming service. Yeah, and you were having to fight the dragon boss over and over again for some reason. Grim matchstick. And the reason was because I suck. Well, I meant more like you were streaming it for some reason. I don't... Oh, gotcha. I thought it would be fun. Just to give it a shot. See how many people tuned in, because it was still kind of a popular game. On Mixer? Yeah. <laughs> I know a friend of mine, Connor, past guest, he really likes using Mixer, but you, you gotta go for the big boys. You gotta be on Twitch or YouTube. Oh, yeah. Wait, I can't do blog TV? No. <laughs> no. Now, see, what you really need to do is go to a drive-in theater, take over their projector, and then stream onto that. I mean, shoot, that's... That's a lot of numbers right there. Even if they don't want to see it, it's right there. I mean, look at the animation. You could probably convince them it's some kind of old-timey cartoon. It could be feasible, but I think there'd be too many obvious player inputs. So Cuphead, as we've alluded to, is a game that really emphasizes its style. It looks like old Fleischer Brothers animation. Rubber hose style. Yeah, and that's an art style I can always admire, because there's a certain level of comedy to it. You have to know when to exaggerate things, what to exaggerate, how. 
I mean, it does follow a trend of a lot of video games following older animation styles, which I... One of the first ones would be Shovel Knight that comes to mind. Well, that's not really an animation style so much as it is a retro video game style. Yeah, and this one's going in a completely different direction, looking more like an old cartoon rather yeah, than a an different, old video game. a different medium entirely. Mm-hmm. It's important to know that the game isn't just carried by its style either. At least, I don't think it is. You, I think it's important to know that the game isn't just carried by its style and is an otherwise mediocre experience, because from the looks of things, it's a really well-thought-out and creative run-and-gun game with all the different kinds of power-ups you can get and stuff like that. Well, I mean, front to back, it's not just about the style. It is a very well-put-together game. The controls are tight. I just kind of wish there were some more puzzle elements, but that's just a personal choice. Maybe some more traditional platforming levels besides just the run-and-gun stages? Yes, but I think part of what makes Cuphead special is that it was just so hard to get through this seemingly simple map. So, what, you take it in a more Battletoads direction? I wish I could say I knew anything about Battletoads. You still don't know anything about Battletoads. Our dad knows more about Battletoads than you do. (laughs) Oh, gee. That's embarrassing. Oh, okay. Just just call him out in front of everyone who's listening to this. Dad, you're old. (laughs) So, the art style really paid off because, as I understand it, it was really taxing on the dev team making this game. Yeah, didn't it take them, like, several years just to get, like, the first couple of levels? Well, Uh, that was, like, before they had funding, isn't it? I wouldn't be surprised... Because I do think Cuphead, wasn't it first shown off at E3 or something around 2013? Yeah, they had this really short uh, black and white trailer, and it didn't look... I mean, it did resemble current Cuphead, but there was a lot of obvious changes that they made between then and the final release. I do know that they had to cut out an entire fourth world... Which is why some of the bosses in the third world seem to have a different theme going for them. There's a lot of aquatic bosses in World 3. You know, I never thought about that, but now that you pointed out, uh, it's really obvious. There's the pirate, there's the mermaid, there's... Well, there's the run-and-gun stage with the Oh, the that, was, that was the hardest one. With the backstroking lobster da Vinci's. Yeah, they have, like, that weird beard. Best adjective to use for a beard. Hmm. So... You were right about Microsoft helping them out because they came and it just took the guys who made the game under their wing. And I believe that they had to... The guys who made the game, I I feel bad because I used to know their names, but in over a year I forgot what they were. The Moldenauer? Oh, okay. That's probably it then. But... They, they had to take out, like, a second mortgage or something on their house. What? Or one of their houses. I did not know that, but, it, I mean, it makes sense, and it was clearly worth it. Yeah, it paid off in the end. It's just a real-life example of two brothers just kind of risking it all. Nice callback. Well, yeah, but like, the game imitated their life. It's kind of funny that an animation style by brothers is being adopted into a game that's created by two brothers, about two brothers, and now it's being discussed on a podcast by two brothers. 
Two Brothers. Oh, you know, that's actually the name of a game somewhere that I've never really heard much about. Double Dragon? No, no, it's literally <laughs> called Brothers, The Tale of Two Sons. And I don't know anything about the game. I guess it's emotional or something. Or something. <laughs> yeah, or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe it's emotional. Maybe it's just the, the bootleg version of Skyrim that Todd tries to get you to play. I don't know. <laughs> But anyway, Cuphead, the game we're actually talking about, is pretty prolific. It was on Microsoft and Steam and all that all that kind of fun area. But then, once Microsoft started playing buddy-buddy with Nintendo, we eventually found ourselves with a Switch port of the game, which didn't exist when we first tried to record this episode. Yeah, once you got console-quality games on the go... People just put their differences aside and were like, yeah, Nintendo, here's the license to everything we have. Yeah, because Nintendo's often the first. They're truly I mean, ahead of the curve every time. You could probably put Cuphead on the PlayStation Vita, but all ten of the people who own the Vita, <laughs> including myself, probably wouldn't bother playing Cuphead. I actually watched some of my friends, uh, Alfalfa and Connor, playing Cuphead on the Switch when we were all at a gathering at one point, and I noticed some version-exclusive bonuses. Oh yeah? On the Switch? Yeah, it wasn't anything spectacular, but a few of the bosses have secret phases now. Ooh. I mean, I actually don't know. Is the DLC just part of the game, or do you have to buy it separately? What DLC? You don't know that you can play as the Chalice now? Or is that has not come out yet? Oh, I've not heard of that. I don't really keep up with a lot of Cuphead news. I was kind of hoping you would know more. Yeah, uh, well, instead of downloadable content, they're saying it stands for Delicious Last Course. Because <laughs> they had the title, Don't Deal with the Devil. But yeah, now you can play as Miss Chalice, and, uh, well, shoot, that's about all I remember about the... <laughs> she was from the Pink Ghost stages, wasn't she? Yeah, she gave you your mega power-ups. Okay, well, let's just take a second here. Okay, back from doing a little bit of research. I see what you mean now. I don't know if that's actually on the Switch version or not. It might not be out yet, come to think of it. Mm. Hopefully it's not like a Hat in Time situation where they just don't bother with DLC on the ports. That would suck. Well, I noticed in the footage she was capable of doing a double jump. That's pretty neat. That's always one of my favorite abilities to have in a video game. It's probably going to be the main draw to play as her, honestly. Because if you can do that and then do the warp and then parry off something, you could stay in the air for a mile. Probably. But like I was saying, there are exclusive secret phases in the Switch version I don't want to give them all away, and they're really not that impressive, but the one I saw was the root vegetables, the very first boss of the game. The root pack? If you ignore the onion, he'll just kind of slink away with a smug smile on his face, and then the carrot will come out immediately. I saw that video. That but was... Then there's this radish guy that wasn't there before, or a turnip or something. Yeah, that was actually uh, something that they thought they couldn't put in the game at first, but then they had all this money because people just keep buying Cuphead. So they're like, okay, let's just develop it and put it in. 
so yeah, I saw that video too. Somebody on YouTube found that out, and they saw the placeholder graphics they had of like one of the Moldenauer brothers. Uh-huh. Also, uh, Sally stage play. Oh yeah, she was one of the other bosses. I don't, I don't want to give away what all the secret phases are and what bosses they'll happen in, but there weren't that many, and they weren't really anything to write home about but it, it's neat that they were able to add those in honestly it kind of reminds me of star fox 64 with the secret phases and fighting people in different ways a little bit uh and it, it, it carries the spirit of discovery that star fox 64 has and now i remember that's a game we should probably talk about at some point also nice idea See, every, every time you come over here and we do an episode together, it just gives me an idea for a different episode. Endless content. Anyway, the gameplay, it's just a run-and-gun type game, mostly on boss fights. It's a boss video game, but because of yeah, how well... Yeah, it's a boss video game? <laughs> because of how well they did monetarily in like the development, I think, because was it originally on Kickstarter or not? Yes, it was on Kickstarter. Okay, and I think that's how they were able to add the the plain old run and gun stages as just kind of bonus content. There's two in each world. Yeah, it was originally conceptualized like just as a boss rush. Boss rush. And there's this creepy pig with a garbled, crusty voice clip. And you buy power-ups from him and you can swap them out. Welcome. Thank you. Oh my. And you just go through all the bosses until you eventually go back to the Devil's Casino. Because uh, uh, the plot of the game, by the way, is Cuphead went gambling too much and now he owes the Devil his soul. So he's like, wait, no, I don't want you to have my souls. Okay, go beat up these bosses and give me their souls instead. Okay. Basically, just listen to the theme song. You'll have the plot down pat. Yeah, it's, it's really nothing any more complex than... Just an old Fleischer cartoon. One thing I like about Cuphead is that it's able to make references to things besides the era of cartoons that it's modeled after. And they're really subtle with a lot of the references, too. Like, Ribby and Croaks are kind of a subtle nod to the Street Fighter games. Subtle nod? They've got the same color of gloves, they Hadouken, they... Man, it's spot on. Oh, well, okay. But the point is, they do a lot of references that you, you wouldn't really think because it's disguised by the aesthetic of the whole game, you know? You really gotta look to find the references. Yeah, I think in the fiery frolicle through the follicle is... <laughs> Uh, Grim Matchstick's level, he's modeled after a Mega Man dragon. Oh yeah, I remember that. A lot of old game designers do tend to have that sense of nostalgia and makes them want to help out, so they could have had some input from some art directors on that front. Again, going back to Shovel Knight, I know that uh, they had a Mega Man musician help out there because they just liked the project so much. You know, in the Xbox version of Shovel Knight, he could encounter the Battletoads. Are you kidding me? You are. But you wouldn't know who they are, would you? No, I wouldn't. Sally Stage Play, to go back to her, she's a very unexpected reference to Final Fantasy VI. Oh, that's a convoluted plot of a fight. I've never played 
more than a couple hours of a Final Fantasy game. I didn't even know you played that much. Yeah, 13. Oh yeah, the, the, the one that we played for like a few hours each and then just decided, eh. Uh, it was, what are all those paradigms? Like, that doesn't make sense. That's way too complicated for a fighting dynamic. I mean, I appreciate what they're trying to do, but keep I, it simple. I think that game gets a little more crap than it deserves, but it was pretty confusing. However, going back to Cuphead here, Sally is actually referencing the final boss of Final Fantasy VI, which is coincidentally the only one I've ever finished, so I could recognize it with relative ease. With relative ease. Makes crushing Cuphead seem such a breeze. If you choose her, you'll not choose wrong. With a skip and a hop, let's end this song. That was solid. Good one. <laughs> uh, the King Dice Fight is actually a really fun reference to one of the levels in Gunstar Heroes. I don't know if you've ever heard of that one. I've heard of it, but I haven't seen or heard anything about it. Well, in one of the levels in that game, you pick up a die, and you throw it, and you navigate a series of unique challenges or mini-bosses before you get to the boss at the end. And as a matter of fact, the 8-ball boss in King Dai's boss fight is a reference to one of the bosses from Gunstar Heroes in that level, the Melonbread boss. Melon bread is also referenced in Undertale in the form of lemon bread, one of the amalgamates. Uh-huh. So, melon bread is one of the most recognized parts of Gunstar Heroes, I guess. I, I This is all sailing over my head, I'm sorry. And I thought I was the fake gamer. Whoa! You're not you're not epic enough, I'm sorry. Gamers, rise up! Hey gamers! You want to go to Arby's later? Got plenty of Mountain Dew and Doritos. So, Cuphead. We keep talking about games besides Cuphead. Good games make us think of good games. What can we say? I guess so. Uh, do you have any favorite songs from Cuphead? Yeah, uh, King Dice's theme. It always surprised me that that was sang by a woman. Oh, yeah, the the one in the die house was like, ah, Mr. King Dice, that one. Yeah, exactly, and it was just really impressive that she had the vocal ability to do that. Oh, yeah, you get some of those. Uh, I don't know if this would mean much to you, but there's a veteran voice actress, Lonnie Minella. She's been around the block for a while. In uh, Smash Brothers games, she voices Lucas, if you remember him at all. Of course I know who Lucas is. Well, yeah, but if you remember his voice, I mean. Yeah, he's the one He that... gave fire! That one. He gave breeze! Yeah, uh, she does a surprisingly deep voice in New Super Mario Bros. Wii. Ugh, New Soup. She can do the voice for Morton Koopa, the big Gene Simmons-looking Koopaling. Like, <laughs> like that one. She can do that kind of voice. Yeah. So we keep talking about other games. Uh, yeah, the the Die House song is pretty good. Any others you like? Uh, none really. Except for the Harbor and Grim Matchstick that are just engraved in my brain because I heard them so many times <laughs> on loop. Uh, I can't really think of any. Alright. Except for, you know, Marine Corps, the King's Court, and Floral Fury. Oh, you mean the ones on the bullet list that I was gonna say for my favorites? What list? 
I don't see a list. <laughs> yeah, they don't see it either because this is something you listen to. Anyway, those are going to be my picks. <laughs> Marine Corps is just a very interesting song that kind of starts off pretty uh, low-key, as the kids say, and gets more hectic as the song goes on, much like the fight itself. I really like the narrative in that fight. It, it was very well thought out and interesting. Oh, yeah, and it's a good send-up to Tom and Jerry. Oh, I, yeah, didn't think about it. I just don't think, you know? Oh, that's okay. I think too much. Uh, the King's Court, which is the boss theme for King Dies stage, it plays over and over again for every boss that you fight, including the eight ball we talked about. And then once you get to King Die himself, it turns into kind of a remix of the Die House theme. In some ways, I feel like King Die is a more exciting conclusion than the devil himself. Oh, but he's so hard. I felt like a champion when I finally beat him. The devil? No, the robot. Of course the devil. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe you were talking about King Die. King Dice? Uh, whoever he is. The robot is... I, I think it's generally considered to be one of the less popular bosses, though. Dr. Call's robot? Yeah, he's really hard. I think he gave me third most trouble after the devil and Grim match state. I think he's also one of the few bosses that's not named as some kind of pun or something, because he's named after an animator named Dr. something. Call? Well, not Dr. Call, but <laughs> that was the animator's last name, I think. And he was an animator from that era or something. Mm -hmm. Another favorite song that he already mentioned was Floral Fury. I think the the, the flower boss, what's he called again? The Flower Boss? Yeah. Oh, boy. He's one of the more popular ones, too, so it's unfortunate that we don't remember his name. Oh, man, I know this. Oh, he's actually going to look it up now. Well, the boss theme for him is really kind of fun and sassy, and it reminds me a little bit of Croc, The Legend of the Gobbos, which is a game that maybe three people know about at least before chris o'neill started playing it i don't know cagney carnation that's it that's the flower's name kind of looks like mr burns a bit too it's not a carnation either it's a sunflower yeah i guess they just wanted to sound all hokey and old-timey though i like how it's spelled werner Wurman, but he's german so it's werner vermin yeah. I thought that was clever. It's a German name, so... Yeah. Yeah, that... Yeah, going back to Marine Corps there. Is there uh, anything else you'd like to say about Cuphead? I know we've been kind of dilly-dallying this entire episode. I guess that's what happens when we leave it in the oven for a year. <laughs> uh, it's a really good game. It's worth picking up. I'm probably going to get it on the Switch here soon. Fair I enough. mean... If I like a game enough, I'll buy it more than once. I did the same thing with Shovel Knight. Hmm. See, I've, I have a bit of trouble doing that nowadays, but been thinking about it. Well, not, not Cuphead in particular, but other games. Just shamelessly throw your money at these giant companies that don't need it? <sighs> I'm, prob I'm probably going to like sell off some of the games that I know I'm never going to play anymore. Anyway, Cuphead... It took us a year to talk about it, and then we started talking about anything but Cuphead. 
I think we just used this recording as a chance to catch up instead. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, it got us a good couple of ideas for some episodes from the future. Yeah. So, if you like listening to us ramble, then just follow the BitCast on Twitter. It's the same name and the same picture as it is on Podcast One, so you'll know it when you see it. And just stay subscribed to the show on Podcast One's website and mobile app, and you'll probably know when the new episode is. And if not, just follow me on Twitter, because I post about every new episode there, too. See you on the next one. Listen to BitCast anytime on PodcastOne.com and on the Podcast One app.